Hey, you're listening to an Upbeat Rewind featuring Billy Bowie on February 24th, 2020. Billy is the founder and CEO of Elevate Experiences and author of Culture Reconstructed. And in this episode of Upbeat, we discuss everything from dream chasing to personal branding and also to his experience rapping on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. This is absolutely an entertaining and inspirational episode, no doubt about it. You're listening to an Upbeat Rewind featuring Billy Bowie. This is Upbeat with beatboxer, musician, speaker, and show host, Parker K. Billy Bowie, welcome, man. Thank you for joining me on Upbeat. I appreciate it. Yeah, bro. Fired up to uh, to hang a little bit. Excited for the listeners to be tuning in. Super grateful for the attention. I never take it for granted when folks will listen to something I have to say, and my goal is to add value to you and your listeners, man. Let's do it. Awesome. Well, I'm excited. And for the listeners too, I just wanted them to know that you were referred to me through a previous guest on the show, Michael Dash. Uh, He told me you're a rapper, uh, probably because he found out I was a professional beatboxer. So I was wondering if we could kind of kick this one off different than all my other episodes and just kind of freestyle something for a few seconds. Let's see how it works on the digital here, but I am totally, (laughs) I'm totally open to that. (laughs) Okay. Uh, One time for your mind about to rhyme for the listeners tuning in. My name is Billy B from the A. That's the way I go. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Born again, represent. I have some fun when I flow Parker on this microphone. I'm looking at you on the Zoom today and keep on going. I hope you're smiling today and enjoy what's blowing and going. Oh, that's all I got, man. (laughs) That was sick, though. That's all I got for now. (laughs) That was sick. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, I typically like to uh, kick these episodes off by getting to know the guests better and introducing them to the listeners. So for me and the listeners, could you just kind of catch us up? Who is Billy Bowie like from childhood until now? What were you like growing up? What were your dreams? How'd you get to where you are now? Just a brief recap. Yeah, man. So I believe in the power of story. Everybody's got one, but it either gets better or worse by the situations you're in, the people you come in contact with, and most importantly, the mindset you have as you approach each situation. I grew up, parents divorced when I was five. I was a turnkey kid. Dad always paid child support on time, but mom was working three jobs to get by, had sort of the uh, paycheck to almost the next paycheck situation. And so I was a grinder as a kid, Uh, blow pops, um, sold them, Uh, baseball cards, sold them, mowing yards, lemonade stands. Like I really, from the beginning, loved the idea of adding value to people, making money in the process. And what I really noticed about myself was I really loved marketing and I loved storytelling and I loved helping people figure out what they were trying to do and make that better. And so that progressed through middle school, high school, I could throw a baseball really hard in one direction. So I got drafted by the Florida Marlins out of high school to play professional baseball, didn't sign, uh, went to junior college for a couple years, studied throughout, always having music and sales involved. I play guitar and sing and started freestyle rapping when I was in college and did that kind of as like a little fun side hustle, uh, you know, make people smile sort of thing. And uh, faith intersected my life my freshman year of college and just sort of radically transformed my view of who the creator of the world was, who I am, what all that means. And, and so through baseball, through sports, through faith, like Middle Georgia College was amazing. I transferred to Auburn to play baseball, hurt my elbow, redshirted, transferred to Georgia State. Uh, arm was healed, played two years, and then I signed with the Phillies and played a couple years minor league baseball with them, which was fun. Um, got paid a little bit of money to play a game, and um, I learned through all that, as I mentioned with story, 
is every, every element of my story, I look back now and it makes so much sense. There's a great quote, Steve Jobs talked about it in a, in a commencement a few years ago, probably about five or six years ago before he passed. And he said, uh, dots are very easy to connect backwards, but only the best leaders can connect them looking forward. And so for me, looking backwards, it's very easy to connect the dots and see, oh yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. But connecting them forwards is what I started to do when I graduated and finished up playing baseball. I was uh, cut by the Phillies. I started DJing with a friend of mine. I would play music. I would, that's when we're, you know, compact disc is what we use back then. Uh, listeners might not even know what that means, but we had CDs. We played them. I learned how to mix music. I learned how to beatbox over tracks. I learned how to just take music and, and make it fun and interactive. Mixing all that through my 20s into my 30s, I realized that, wow, there's a niche in the marketplace for people not just to attend events or create events, but to create experiences. And I believe there's a big difference between the two. And so Justin Timberlake said it best in his concert of the 2020 experience a few years ago. And I, I use this line all the time now. He said, I don't want my music to get in your ear. I want it to get in your blood. And when wow. he said that, I was like, that's, that's what I want to do with the events that I create. So we partner with some of the biggest brands in the world now with my company called Elevate Experiences. And we help people tell their story through really unique, engaging experiences. Uh, in 2019, we did 297 events. And every one of them, uh, we help people tell their story. It's either to sell their product, encourage their people, and really make a fun, um, engaging event out of what they're doing. And so with all that, I decided, hey, I want to write a book about culture. Now, it sounds maybe a little bit off, but for me, it lines up so closely because when you create an event or you create a gathering of people, you're trying to get your culture, either getting your people to smile more or your people that are paying money for your thing to pay full price. You're trying to create a really good brand and culture. So I wrote a book that came out uh, just a few weeks ago, actually called Culture Reconstructed. You can check it out on Amazon, but it's all about the concept of creating experiences for people, but creating a dynamic culture inside of it. So that's sort of me now. Married to an amazing wife of 10 years. Her name is Jen. She's incredible. Um, I have three kids um, that are five, seven, and eight, kindergarten, first, and second. So life is crazy. Um, and your listeners could be a, a bit younger and sort of before you get to that age, all the things that I learned through my 20s and 30s, I'm seeing now play out really well in my 40s. So Man, just grateful. That's that's me in a five minute nutshell. Thank you for that. That's that's a really good recap. Uh, you played for the Philadelphia Phillies, man. That's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, it was uh, just a minor league level, so I didn't ever play on the big league team. But but yeah, it was uh, it was fun while it lasted. Still so amazing. And so tell us like that transition, like like what happened like between pursuing professional sports and playing for the Phillies and then now being, you know, an MC speaker, author, entrepreneur, all that stuff. Like what happened in between there to, I guess, push you that direction? I like things really simple. I like to boil things down to either a Venn diagram or something I can draw out on a napkin. I think if you can't draw out your dream on a napkin, it's probably not going to come true. And so that transition for me was, it was my head, my hands, and my heart. What was going on in my mind? Okay, what's all this stuff I've learned? Data, facts, information. How can I use all my sales ability? What was going on in my heart, my emotions, my feelings, my what am I going to do now? And the transition from baseball was hard. I mean, I'd never been cut from anything. And to be told you're not going to play anymore, it was devastating. So I had to really examine my heart. What did I want to pursue? And then my hands is what am I good at? What can I take with my hands and actually make money at? So with my head, things I knew with my heart, things I felt in my hands, I was like, Hey, I want to try something new. I 
love the book as a kid, Curious George. Uh, still love that book. I read it to my kids. And Curious George was this, uh, this monkey that would always go around and break stuff. And then there was the man in the yellow hat that would come around and try to help fix those things. And I like breaking stuff. I'm a risk taker. I like trying new things. But I also love music and entertainment. So I tried to figure out how could I make money? And this is what they don't tell you in college is how could you make money doing things that you like actually like and you actually do them? Gary Vaynerchuk is one of my favorite leaders of all time. I love the way he says that. Same here. I mean, social media is a slang term for the current state of the internet. And I remember when the internet came out, my freshman year of college, the internet was born. I remember hearing that cuckoo, like that first sound <laughs> of the internet and going, holy crap, everything just changed. And now seeing um, Gary's video, I watched probably five or six years ago um, called Document Versus Create. I started to think about what are the things that I naturally do when you've got a, you got a video that's got a billion views because you just documented what you're good at, which is beatboxing. You just documented it. So the transition for me was, what do I love? What am I good at? What are my hands, head and heart pursuing? And then as I go along, um, there's a great, uh, I just mentioned before we started this call is I was down at Disney World, my family, and there's a wonderful ride at the Magic Kingdom in Orlando called the Carousel of Progress. In 1964, in the uh, World's Fair, Walt Disney introduced this new ride. And there's a song that is sung during the Carousel of Progress. It's called There's a Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow. And I just, like that ride as a kid, and even now I wrote it just, I think I wrote it yesterday actually, Every time I've ridden that ride, it always just sparks my heart to say, man, if I believe, and for the listeners that are tuning in, if you believe that there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow, whatever that means for you, you're going to pursue things today that's going to help you get there. So yeah, man, I, I just uh, went through that failure, went through that tough season of not playing baseball anymore, but then really looked at that great, big, beautiful tomorrow. And um, music has always helped me. And that's one song that's really just kind of stood the test of time for me. Love it. Thank you very much for sharing. There's a, I feel like there's so much <laughs> within what you just said that we could, we could talk about, break it down, all of it. But, um, one thing I, I definitely want to get to is you seem to, so uh, this is where I, I relate to you with you personally, and I hope we can portray that to the listeners as well. But for me, like I'm passionate about so many things like beatboxing, podcasting. I love helping people. I love writing, creating content, like so many different avenues. It's funny when I, when I meet new people and tell them what I do, like I'm just like trying to pick like what things should I tell them that I do? So as far as like pursuing that on social media and making careers out of it and stuff, what, what are some things that we could talk about or some advice for the listeners who, and for myself who have so many things that we do like and don't know which one to kind of like niche down on so I'll, I'll get on my soapbox for a minute who told you that you need a niche down the only person i can think who said otherwise that i've consumed is gary v uh gary vaynerchuk always says you know just be your personal brand post everything that you want to do he has a lot of things that he does but i would think you know, from my YouTube watching experiences and looking up tutorials and like everyone kind of other than Gary Vee, it seems like tells people to pick a niche and just like go for that one thing. Like you can only have a photography Instagram account and then separately a music Instagram account and separately a clothing brand account. That just seems like how specifically to Instagram and YouTube, like I feel like that's just how most people are, are doing it these days. 
Yeah, no, it's, it's great advice. And I think knowing your avatar and who you're selling to and getting really focused on your product, I think is a beautiful idea. But I had a gentleman uh, help me with this of just looking at the soul of my avatar and not the actual person. And that really helped me is what problem am I trying to solve? For me, I want to help every underdog who's out there whether they're disenfranchised, they don't think they don't have enough, they think they have failed, they're counted out, that they have the ability to do something great. That's like, if I were boiled on all the things I do, that's, that's who I do what I do for. Now, I had to make a decision that what people pay me for is to come speak and they pay me to put on really good events. So great. I need to create content that are about those specific things, but I don't have to throw out all the things that Billy is. I think you go, you go to Gary and you think that um, all those beautiful things that he talks about and does, but man, the dude like to build his, you know, $300 million agency, it is about social media. Like that is what he does, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't, um, he doesn't say I have to niche down so much that I have to forget about who I actually am. I know that people don't care about you. People don't care about me. They care about themselves. So as I niche down, I think about how can I create content that's going to add value to people and how can I create something that's going to make their heart come to life, not just trying to put my shine out there. And if I do that, then they're going to be attracted to what I have to sell and what I have to offer them. Because if you begin with just niching down, it sort of feels like you're just sort of robbing some of the best sides of yourself. If you niche down the way that you financially grow, I think that's a beautiful thing on particular products. I had a conversation with my team today about this idea of the missing link. Uh, We have, we bought these um, like links of a chain and they're all separated. And as we put the links together, it's what missing link is going from, are we putting the right Facebook ad to the right group of people at the right time in the right mode, in the right length of video and the right everything to where they see something and can make a buying decision. Because I think all of us need to ask the question, am I creating things that are helping people make a buying decision that helps them, not because I'm trying to make something cool? And that's what's really helped me is I've tried to focus in on what is my, the soul of my avatar need? What, what are they really looking for? And then am I having the right links in the chain to make it really easy for them to make a buying decision? There's, um, there's a guy in Nashville. Um, he's got a thing called StoryBrand. Do you know who Donald Miller is? Have you heard of him? I, I don't believe I have. So Donald Miller's got this thing called story brand and it's really cool. It's a simple concept, but basically he's trying to remove the clutter from when you're trying to create something and sell something is you're viewing yourself as the guide, not the hero. Most of us view our own brand as we're the hero and everybody else should follow us versus no, I'm just the guide. You're the hero. And how do I create things that are helping you get to your goal, not help me get to mine. So there's tons of grids that have uh, helped people throughout, but don't to the listeners out there, don't niche down so much that you murder your own soul, but you do need to find out certain products and services at certain lengths of time that you go all in for. That's, that's something that, that I've done. We've done a lot of sprints at my company where we just focus on one thing for a season and we pound that thing hard until we figure out how to sell it and then we'll move on to something else. So yeah, just a couple, couple little hopefully zingers in there that'll help you. Yeah, I'd say lots of zingers. And I just feel like, you know, it's possible. Like it's 2020, people can, you know, make these careers out of the things that they enjoy doing and can be excited about. And I feel, uh, we can go this way too, but I feel like I meet so many people who um, 
they just don't think that it's possible uh and they they have like convinced themselves that it's okay to just live a life of mediocrity and like like not have a ton going on and and for some people that might work totally fine um but i feel like a lot of those people want more and they're just not doing more and they've convinced themselves out of it so i guess to those people who are convincing themselves into living a mediocre life and not not take those jumps and pursue those things that they love like what's some advice for them to to nudge them in the in the right direction so there's a great scene in the movie braveheart you heard of this movie yeah came out in 1995 so it's crazy it's a gosh 25 year old now movie it's it's nuts but in this movie william wallace uh, is trotting on a horse. He's got his face painted half blue. He's getting the, like getting his army all fired up. There's like 5,000 people on a hillside and they're all starting to wane and starting to walk away. I'm not going to fight. I'm going to turn away. And he says, dying in your beds many days from now, would you trade all the days from this day to that to tell our enemies they can take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. And he does this big speech and everybody gets fired up and they get their horse and they're about to charge the enemy and all this. And something unique happens in the next scene. He rides over to his boys on his horse, his like inner circle. And a guy named Steven, he's got this really funny accent. He goes, I find speech. What do we do now? And what William Wallace says in that moment is the most beautiful line that I can answer to what you're saying is just be yourself. And I love when he said that because it's like, don't try to conjure up something else that you're not. And if being yourself is making $44,000 a year, and coaching your kids baseball and playing softball on the weekends and you're happy, like, man, it's awesome. But if there, if, if there is more in you, just say, what am I willing to exchange for my own personal and mental freedom? For me, I've got big dreams. I want to own the Atlanta Hawks. My goal is to own a professional basketball team in the NBA, the Atlanta Hawks. I've had this dream for a long time. I love the Hawks. We have not won a championship. It'd be really fun to bring a championship to the city of Atlanta. That's my dream. Now my actions need to map to that. And so I've got to take a lot more risk or I've got to match up with somebody who takes risk and I can be the you know, organizational person around them. So if you're out there and you have a big dream, it's not, you're going to start the next Facebook or Snapchat or TikTok. It could be that you love, you know, the teenage mutant Ninja turtles or you love podcasting or you enjoy the um, what's happening with the Houston Astros right now. You love studying people that, cheat the game of baseball and you want to create a blog or a vlog or something about that, you can monetize that and move towards that. And, and before we, we never could. And now it's just such, there's such a, a bigger ability to create money outside of just trading time for dollars. And that's what I, when I was in college, it was, you go get a job, you trade your number of hours for dollars. And the more money you can make for the hours you work, the more rich you'll be. Well, we all wanted to be doctors and lawyers back when I was in college because that was the most you could make per hour. Now everybody wants to be a YouTube star and famous on TikTok because you realize it's not about those hours. It's about the creativity. So um, yeah, I, I would just say the people out there just know that your actions are mapping towards something. And, you know, to get really personal for a second, my mom passed away just a few months ago and I had this video, you guys can go check it out on Facebook or on YouTube. Uh, it's this idea of living a fourth quarter life and the video is titled how to live a life with no regrets. And it went a little mini viral, nothing like what your video did, but it went a little mini viral and I filmed it two days after my mom died. And the idea is living a life without no regrets. And I 
wrote the script and we had the video folks planned and the venue and everything. And I debated on, do I want to do this? My mom just died. Like, how do I do this? And I decided to go ahead and move forward because I know she would want me to. And it was the idea of people standing on the sideline of a football game with the four in the air, like the fourth quarter of a game. And it's interesting that players give their all in the fourth quarter. Like, you know, the time has come, you know, like the game is going to end. And so I challenge people, why not live that way now? Why not in your twenties, your, your best, most energetic years, do that now and go hard, serve people. Well, love people. Well, go hard, go to every conference, ask every question, go to every, the ends of everything and, and go hard now. Don't wait until later. So so yeah, I think knowing who you are, mapping towards what you want to get, and then living every day like it's your last. I know that sounds a little maybe like cliche, or I guess that's what I'm supposed to say, but that really is the truth. I mean, that really is take that next step and don't look at the money it's going to cost you to do Facebook ads or don't look at the, hey, that didn't work. I've tried that already. Look at the like, what are the possibilities? What if it was right around the corner that something new could happen? So yeah, that's a little advice to listeners that maybe you want more than they're actually doing now. Love it. Well, and I actually, I just watched that video a couple of nights ago with my, with my roommate and we loved that video. Nice, so good, man. Good, I appreciate that. Good job on that one. It was, it was really inspiring. Um, and I, I love everything that you're saying. Um, I think it's just so important to, to double down and, and even just take time to, to reflect, like do like a week ret- retreat where you just like take a break from all the noise and, and just try to figure like, reflect, figure out who you really are, what your dreams really are. I don't think very many people actually have their dreams, like able to write it on a napkin, like you said, you know, we're so, so busy. Well, I mean, we're so busy. Like there's a, the guy who took over Coca-Cola back in the uh, early two thousands, he mm-hmm. did something called a hundred day listening tour. And I loved it. He went around and asked every executive at Coke spent a hundred days and just asked them questions about the business before he made any decisions. And there was a guy uh, named Drew Canoli who runs a company called Organifi. I heard him speak recently and he said, I do a listening tour of my own soul. Like when do we just stop and say, let me listen to my own soul, what it's saying. Um, just pausing long enough and scientists would call it metacognition, which is just simply thinking about your thinking, pausing long enough to say, what am I, what do I think about this? Not what I read or what I saw on social or what the quote unquote experts say, like, no, what does my own soul say about this? And, and you're right, Parker, like when's the last time we actually paused and <laughs> considered our own mindset and soul. And I know when I've gotten quiet enough, like you said, like a getaway and turn the phone off and just get quiet. I know that's for me and could not be for every listener, but for me, that's when I get the best stuff is when I just shut up long enough to actually listen. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. I, th- I would definitely encourage that. And it's also a reminder for myself. I need to do that probably again. My last time doing that was just before New Year's <laughs> yeah. uh, for New Year's goal setting and stuff. But yeah, it's definitely good advice. So thank you for everything with that. Uh, I do kind of want to transition and talk about your businesses and, and your book too. So could you tell us more about Elevate Experiences um, and maybe like what, what you bring with that that other events don't have? Yeah, for sure. So Elevate Experiences... We help brands tell their story through remarkable events. And so people come to us and say, hey, I want to put on this really cool event for military appreciation or new product launch or FIFA World Cup or Chick-fil-A is opening up a bunch of stores or Coca-Cola is doing XYZ. We help brands figure out what their flight plan is, what their um, mode of operation is to make a really, really cool event. We help them do that. Now, 
you and I both know there's a lot that goes into that. So stage, lighting, sound, production, run of show, MC, brand ambassador, virtual reality, digital, things on the screen, things in the audience, graphic design. There's so many pieces that go into that. But to boil it all down is we really help brands tell a fantastic, unique dynamic story through an event. So that's where that started. That's what Elevate Experiences does. You can check us out online. We have a fantastic YouTube channel. That's probably the best spot to see us is we have a lot of icebreakers for events. So those of you listening that are putting on an event, whether it's a small or big, we put out all of our icebreakers for folks to learn and, and be creative with. So we're, we're big into getting the crowd involved and engaged. So that's a, a great place there. If you go to billybspeaks.com, which is my personal brand websites where I have a lot of my uh, my media kit and uh, videos and testimonies, things like that from Billy, the speaker, Billy, the coach. Um, I do a lot of one-on-one training for people that want to be dynamic communicators, um, develop a system called more than a microphone a few years ago. And now I do one-on-one coaching with people. Um, I have a 30, 60 and 90 day program that folks can one-on-one work with me to help them become a better communicator in a boardroom or on a stage. So that's um, things that I love to do from a coaching standpoint and then from a um, personal brand standpoint, I do a lot of speaking um, for companies, have me come out, whether it's a motivational talk or it's something specifically about culture or about team communication. So, so yeah, man, the book is, um, it's out, it's on Amazon, it's Culture Reconstructed, and uh, it's a very easy read. It's something that uh, people that are solopreneurs or entrepreneurs that are just sort of getting started and want to cut through a lot of the research and data and get down to like, okay, what does this actually mean? How can I actually build a culture that I want to be a part of? Then a culture reconstructed is for them. So, so yeah, man, that's a little snapshot of the businesses and and what we do. Awesome. Love it. Well, first thing, I feel like I need you as a mentor, man, because I'm trying (laughs) to head that direction. (laughs) And it sounds like you've got all the, all the answers, all the places I can go. Uh, So the culture reconstructed, is that does that talk a lot about a lot of the same points with Elevate Experiences or is Elevate Experiences more events-based and culture reconstructed as more like the solopreneurs and like helping guide them where they need to go? Yes. The journey that we mentioned earlier about, Billy, you love a hundred different things. How can you get focused? And so Elevate Experiences is my get focused on just events part of what I do. And so that is where someone goes and says, I want a really great event. I want the best company in the world to help me do it. Boom, there's Elevate. The culture side is inside of all the events that we do. Most of the time, it's a conversation on the side of the stage, or I talk to a president or a VP of marketing, or someone says, hey, Billy, I love the way your team put on that event. Obviously, you've hired great people and you guys know what you're doing. Can you come talk to us about Um, how to build a championship team, or could you come talk to us on how to create dynamic communication in the workplace? Like, yeah, sure. And I sort of, as a joke, just started talking about it. And then people asked me to come do workshops and come work with VPs and come work with different groups around doing things. So that's why I wrote the book because a lot of folks were asking after we did a really cool event, could you help us with our culture? So Elevate Experiences is an event. Billy, the personal brand side is more of the culture. Um, I have a podcast called Created for Experience, which examines people's life experience and how it impacts their future. So I love podcasting as well. And so um, that's something you can check out on the website. But, but yeah, man, those are the two major things. And, and the book itself um, that I'm currently writing is about events. It's called, same title as a podcast, Created for Experience. And it's going to be a book that's just about how do you create really, really dynamic event experiences. So that'll be, the goal for that is in the fall of this year. We'll see how the uh, 
writing, editing, all that process goes. Cause anybody who's written a book knows it always takes a lot longer than you think. Um, <laughs> we could have a whole separate podcast about how to write a book, which, uh, me getting an 860 on the SAT, I didn't think I would ever write one, but I finally, finally got it finished. Nice. Well, I'm looking forward to that one too. And I'm going to definitely check out the culture reconstructed. I feel, and I feel like this, all of this stuff is just amazing, um, to provide for people because I mean, that's just probably a selling point for you all the time, but I've been to a lot of really boring events or events where like you, you do feel hyped up, but then immediately after, like you just go back into like this bummer mood and everything's like back to normal. And, and it seems like you're, you're there to kind of eliminate that problem and like actually provide everlasting like experiences and knowledge that can help people moving forward. Yeah. And so I, I tell people that events are something you attend and experiences are something you undergo. And whenever you've undergone something, you're different. You know, you've under, undergone a, a great experience. You're going to think about it, talk about it, tweet about it, Instagram about it, tell your people about it. But ultimately we all know that you go to one snapshot in time, you got to have something that carries beyond just that moment, which is why I wrote the book. We actually have curriculum as well called Elevate Your Culture, which is the how do I take what's in the book and actually do it in the workplace. And so that's something beyond the event we're trying to create too. So, so yeah, man, we, uh, if, if I was in the elevator with you and you said, hey, dude, like, what do you do? My polished corporate answer is... We help tell brand stories through remarkable events. That's like the polishy version. But the kind of cool street version is we eliminate the plague of boring events. And so you kind of <laughs> you, you kind of said that as you're as you're uh, unpacking it. So I'm glad that's coming across there. But but yeah, man, we're like we eliminate the plague of it. It's it's everybody's gone to them. People spend six and seven figures and even more on creating these events, and they're just boring. I mean, they they don't hit the nail on the head. They don't really communicate what you want people would rather be somewhere else. So my goal in every speech, everything that we create is do something that's going to make not just people's heads come to life, but their heart come to life too. So yeah, man, I don't know that that'll uh, morph. Come see me in three years and see what that looks like. I mean, the market is constantly changing, but yeah, I enjoy it. I love it. I just love it. I think that's awesome. Like the core of it too. Like you mentioned this uh, a few minutes ago, just at the very start of what you were saying, but you know, people are going to tweet about it. And, and what I've seen at those, you know, boring events I've gone to is it's boring, it's lame. And then there's just tons of people like begging you to, to share it on social media and invite people to come and, and all that stuff. But it's like, if you are doing what you do and actually making the event an awesome thing to go to, then people are just naturally going to do that. I feel like. Yep. hundred percent. I tell, I tell any client I'm working with, they say, Hey, what should our hashtag be for the event? I said, if you do it right, you don't get to decide. Anytime there is a crowdsourced hashtag, that's when it wins. If somebody has to put a hashtag McDonald's 2020 or Home Depot 2020 or impact 2020, whatever it, people aren't going to use it. But if you do something so awesome, so memorable, so heartfelt, I mean, you know this, whenever you start beatboxing, what happens right when you start beatboxing, Parker? What do people do with their phones? Well, they either put it down in, in awe and shock or they pick it up in awe and shock. <laughs> I, I, bet the market, I bet you'll watch the market even more shift to the latter because everybody wants yeah. to capture it. Holy crap. I, got, I mean, anytime I freestyle, I mean, I got a chance to freestyle on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. I was on the show, just an audience member, and you know, they do this thing called freestyling with the roots where they come out in the crowd and they get a couple piece of information on the paper. And then 
they'll play a beat or a beatbox there with the roots. And then Tariq will rap. Who's one of the greatest freestyle rappers of all time. I told Jimmy, when he came to me, I said, Hey, I can rap. They let me rap on the show. It turned into over $300,000 of revenue just because I stepped out. And I tell everybody like people are paying attention to things that are interesting and what they care about. And when they post it, what usually happens is they've already got the post ready. They've already written the description or they've already put it on story. The last thing they do is saying, Oh, what's the hashtag of this thing? Oh, it doesn't have one. Cool. I'll just make one up versus the market is about five or 10 years behind of the event planners out there that say, Oh, what should our hashtag be? It's like, no, don't put it on the slides. Like don't even say it. It's not going to work. People don't want to do it. They don't care. They don't care about what you want. They care about what they want. And they want, they almost want to get more creative with the hashtag. So that's one of my markers of a good event is if we don't have one, but then people actually post and use a hashtag, then, you know, it got to the heart. Then, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, Parker beatboxed. That's dope. I can't wait to put like a hashtag that's really real in this versus what you tell me to. Absolutely. I love that. That's awesome. Well, and let's talk, uh, just to kind of wrap things up here a little bit. I wanted to touch on, uh, personal branding and podcasting just like in 2020, like how, how important is it to have a personal brand in, in 2020? It's not only important. It's just, it's just is, I mean, you are one, <laughs> <laughs> right? And if you accept that early and then you're not a like, just be kind to people. I mean, kindness is so underrated. Just be nice. I mean, I tell my kids this all the time. My son had a conversation with him today after I spanked him. Like he's, he was being mean to his sister. I pulled him aside and said, buddy, like it, your greatest differentiating factor is just being nice. I mean, do you want to be somebody that's known as being rude or mean? You know, I, I put up a, whenever I speak, I'll, I'll put up logos from different companies. I'll put up Blockbuster. I'll put up Kodak. I'll put up Sears and I'll put up Toys R Us and I'll say, what do these four brands have in common? And you know, they're out of business. Like they're, it's some of them are might come back, but they're, they're old. And then I'll put up Pixar, Ritz Carlton, Disney, Apple. What are, what's up with these logos? They're always innovating, always changing, but that brand mark means something. And then I'll say, I'll put a, I'll put a blank screen up on, um, up on the screen in front. And I'll say, what if I were to put a picture of you up here? What would people say? Would they say kind? Would they say innovative? Would they say goes above and beyond? Or would they say lazy, apathetic, negative? What would they say? And, and so the cool thing about developing a personal brand is, yeah, you need like a, a logo, a type font, a website, all that. Yeah, but it's when they meet you is what matters. And if when they meet you doesn't align with this cool flashy brand you have on Instagram, then you're a phony. But if you're if you're even better live than you are digitally, then you win. That's why when I see people that I admire their brands, like I'll meet them and then I'll look on social and go, yep, makes sense. Dots connect for me. But when I see somebody who's kind of a jerk live and they're not really that entertaining and not really that insightful, but then I look at their website and they're like the greatest things that sliced bread. It's like, eh, nah, I'm good. People can sniff that out early now. So I say, Develop your own brand, you as a person, as you interact with people, regardless of digital, don't even start an Instagram account if you don't have one, just be yourself. And then when you post, be as authentic as you can, be as true as you can. So that's my advice on personal brand. You, you're, you are going to have a brand regardless if you want to or not. Those that control that narrative get to control the narrative and step out with who you are. I don't like posting about myself, like, but I do a lot because I had a 
I had a guy, um, it was actually interesting. He, he heard me rap. He, he, his, he was one of the ones that was in awe, mouth open. He looked at me, he goes, dude, how much of you rapping is online? <clears throat> and I was like, none. He's like, you're arrogant. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> he said, you're arrogant. And I was like, he goes, you need to share that gift with the world. You're withholding smiles and joy from people. You're arrogant. And I said, well, the reason I don't do it because I don't want to be. It's like the only way to not be arrogant is don't be arrogant. And you're arrogant. And I was like, wait, I'm going to punch you in the mouth. Like it was, it was for real, but, but he was so right. And so I just did my first Ted talk um, called how to lead like a freestyle rapper. I'm starting to slowly uh, share more things and I'm definitely not the best rapper of all time. I just really enjoy it. And I know that anytime I've ever done it, it makes people smile. And so when you're developing a brand, just ask yourself, what do I do that makes people smile? I mean, what do I do that's adding value to others? And then just double down on, on sharing that content and then control that narrative and just be real. Love that. Well, and I got to take the same, the same lesson with the beatboxing thing. I've been, I've been really consumed with like the whole podcast thing for like all of 2019 and the beginning of this year. And, and people are almost surprised when they find out I'm a beatboxer because I haven't like even talked about that in a year. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and, 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 and it could be because you're niching down, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's so interesting. Like what we talked about earlier, it's, but when they find out that side of you is like, Oh, that's cool. He, but then you got the polish and you got the shine and you're good at podcasting and you've got your, you know, um, you got everything under control there. And then they see that, Oh, this dude's cool too. Like he can beatbox. Wow. I mean, I've got a lot of folks that I'll sell them because of my website and it looks good. And I got some cool videos and testimonies and all that. But then I talk to them and they're like, Oh wait, you rap. Oh man, I love Eminem or I love two live crew. <laughs> man, I grew up on run DMC. Like, Oh, that's cool. And, and then I'll say, Hey, I mean, at your event, I could close down by freestyle rapping about what's going on in the room. Like, Oh my gosh, I would love that. It'd be amazing. But I don't lead with that because that if I lead with that, it's like, who's this, like, who's this white dude thinks he can rap? Like he can't rap at all. Like, what? I, I don't, I don't want a white rapper at my thing. Like I'm, this is not what I want. No, I want somebody who's real and authentic. And Oh, by the way. So I think some of us can figure out the, Oh, by the way stuff we do, but lead with how excellent we are at our trade. And then our secret is the, oh, by the way, and then you sort of can find them with it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I wanted to, to mention this too, just what you said about being kind. That is hugely important. I remember the very first time that really just clicked for me was in Pocatello, Idaho. Um, at the there's a really nice like performing arts center called Stevens Performing Arts Center, and Andy Grammer was going there to perform. Yeah, love and. You. And I actually got to open for him cool. and, and beatbox there. And, and afterwards I was talking with him and he was just so freaking nice. And like I had met, I had met some other celebrities before and with beatboxing, with the viral video, cause I was all after, or that was all before the viral video, but I've gone on to meet some other famous people and stuff. And there are definitely the ones that are like jerks. And then there are ones like Andy who were just super incredibly nice. I, I knew right then I was like, if I ever get big, I mean, even if I'm not big, but I want to be nice all the time. But if I ever am like a famous celebrity or anything like that, I would just never want it to get to my head and like turn into a jerk. You know, like I definitely want to keep the, the kindness going, the nice brand. Uh, so that's been something I've always really focused on. So I really enjoyed that, that you brought that up as well. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy Fallon, during the commercials, he came up to me three times just to thank me for doing that. 
Wow. And the dude is so friendly, so kind to everybody, but he didn't have to do that. He's Jimmy Fallon. I mean, he's, he's filming the tonight show. I mean, he's got all these things to think about. It. He walked up and said, Hey man, I just want to say thank you. Like took so much bravery for you to do that. Like, thank you for making the show. Awesome. I appreciate that. And then again, he goes, I've been thinking about the whole filming. Like I, this is, a, I can't believe you did that. And like, <laughs> and I'll never forget that moment. You'll never forget any Andy Grammer just being kind. I mean, I know um, Gary Vaynerchuk, I emailed him and said, Hey Gary, you're the best social media storyteller. I'm the best event creator. We need to get together within 30 seconds. He wrote me back. CC Tyler, his assistant and Tyler, he said, Tyler, I need to meet with Billy. I can't meet with him. He needs to meet with our experience department. And I had a meeting within like nine or 10 days with Vayner media. And it was amazing. And I was able to tell him, I went for his first shoe signing with K-Swiss and I went up and met him. He said, oh yeah, I said, Kim Garcia was talking about you. We need to do some stuff together. And so he remembered like, he remembered the connection point, just him. I mean, there's so many people, there, there's so many folks that are good. I mean, you look at people like LeBron James, who's gotten so big, but he still takes time to connect with fans. But then you see some people that just don't. So yeah, regardless of however, however big you get, just being kind. <laughs> That sounds so basic and I, I wish I would have learned that a long time ago because I've been a jerk to people. I just know that I have by me being lazy or me like running behind or whatever, but I've really made a conscious effort. Like how could I love and serve everybody I come in contact with regardless of the financial transaction? I don't care if you follow me on Instagram. I don't care if you buy my book. I don't. I care if you become a better human because you interact with my brand. And if you do that, I guarantee you're going to buy my stuff because I treated you the right way. You know, I think it's just a, the motivation behind that. So I love Andy Grammer too. That makes sense. I mean, I love his music and it's a, uh, it's cool to hear that you had that story. Absolutely. Well, thanks for what you just said. I think this is a, as a great way to kind of wrap things up. I do have kind of a last few like quick questions. I usually ask every guest. So are you yeah. cool if we just run through those real quick? Let's do it. Okay. What is your favorite word? Freedom. Freedom. How come? I think freedom mentally and emotionally gives us the ability to create and innovate a new level and just make ourselves and those around us better. Love it. Favorite TV show? Golden Girls is what I grew up on. <laughs> Family Feud is what I watched the most. And I would say American Idol has been the thing that I've watched the most consistently over the last decade. Awesome. Well, what do you think about the comparison between American Idol and The Voice? The voice is cool. It's different. Very polished. Very much bringing the best singers. I like the chair turn idea. I like the interaction with the judges. It's more snarky. I think it's cool, but it, it, it falls off for me towards the end because it's not like the underdog winning. It's like more, more of the polished story. So they're different shows for sure. I like the fact that they're both on. I think it highlights people that are up and coming, but I just like the, I like the American Idol grind and total out of right field versus the voice being more polished. Awesome. Got it. Well, and the reason I was asking is because uh, one of my other side things that I really love to do is sing and play guitar. So nice. um, I've actually made it almost to the blind auditions on the voice. That's cool. Love <laughs> but, it. But That's I awesome, man. You got did, skills. Did all their preliminary auditions, but didn't make it quite to that point. And I'll, I'll keep trying, but it was I, fun. I had a friend of mine that made it to, uh, I guess it was the third or fourth audition with American Idol when it was in Atlanta. This is probably a decade ago. And he was like, man, it is a chopping block. You sing for four seconds. and like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> yeah, come on. There's so yeah. many folks. I mean, just probably Atlanta has had 
just a stockpile of people, but he was like, man, it, you, you get, you get literally three or four seconds to sing and that's it. Yeah. Well, and the producer I met with, they just told me, they're like, you know what, Parker, like regardless of how talented you are, like there's still a TV show and they still cast for a TV show. So if they want more chubby people, more people with glasses, more blondes, more wild haircuts, like whatever it is, like they're going to, they're going to cast for each specific season, which is kind of an interesting outlook. Yep. Makes sense. Okay. uh, So I did this, would you rather question on my most recent episode? Would you rather have everything that you eat be perfect nutrition for you or have the ability to be completely fully rested with just one hour of sleep. Oh, one hour of sleep done. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> like that, but the amount of adrenaline that pumped through my soul when you asked that question, like, I mean, the first one's cool. Like my wife eats a lot better than I do. And I try to do my best and stay in shape and all that. And actually I'm doing a, a challenge right now called an add a minute challenge where I'm adding a minute on the treadmill every day in February. It's been really fun. I started with 30 minutes and getting up to 59 with 59 or 29 days in February. That's been cool. But dude, to sleep for one hour and then I got 23 to get it done. Phew, no brainer. Are you kidding <laughs> that, me? That's not, would anybody ever answer the other way? So I actually did answer the other way, but did you really, I like convinced myself into it because like you, like, well, and I don't know this about you, but for me, like I actually really hate sleep and I feel like I'm not being productive when I'm sleeping. Yep. And I have a hard time going to sleep. I'm a night owl. I will stay up till four in the morning getting stuff done and then survive the next day on like three hours of sleep. So I struggle with it a lot. And so I initially went for for what you chose. Um, but I am like chubby, man. And I've got like bad diet. And I feel like with 23 hours a day, I would just be eating more too. <laughs> right. That's, that's an option. And so I'm just like, oh gosh, like, you know what? I feel like for my physical health, like it would be better if I had, if I wasn't eating 23 hours a day. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I get that. But originally I did want to go immediately for what, for what you chose. Mm-hmm. Um, so the last question is just, what's your favorite social media platform and where can people find you? Instagram is where I hang out most. Um, I think it's still an absolute game changer. I just started a TikTok account, which is fun. I'm doing a lot of Kevin Hart uh, comedy routines on there, acting like a fool. So I'm, I'm jumping in that game a little bit. And then YouTube is where um, I'm putting a lot more long form stuff. But if you had one place, it would be Instagram. So Billy Bowie, B-I-L-L-Y-B-O-U-G-H-E-Y. And then each week I have uh, an email that I send called the Keep It Fresh Chronicle where I send three leadership tips from my inbox to yours. And that comes out, it came out today. So it comes out on, um, comes out on Mondays typically. And the very first one, if you go to keepitfresh.vip, keepitfresh.vip, just type in your email, press enter. I'll send you an email immediately that has a PDF attached to it called the pivot. And the pivot are the four leadership changes we all must make. So it gives us an idea of the pivots. It's it's like a worksheet kind of thing. It's a free download. Um, It's just my gift on folks that join my email list. So I'd love folks to go to keepitfresh.vip. That's probably the way to keep in touch most. I'll send you an email a week. Promise not to spam your email inbox and um, just send you kind of what I'm thinking about working on, podcast releases, all that sort of thing. So, So yeah, I would say either on social platform, on Instagram, or uh, if you want to keep up on the email list, it's keepitfresh.vip. Awesome. Well, thanks, Billy, very much for being on Upbeat, my podcast with me today. I appreciate it. Hi, Parker. My pleasure, man. 
This is Upbeat with beatboxer, musician, speaker, and show host, Parker Kerr. Subscribe at parkerk.co.